Welcome to The Link Church. We pray this week's message inspires you to have a meaningful relationship with Jesus. There's this guy I want to talk about over the next couple of weeks. Um, his name is Jonah. I'm not sure if you have heard of him or not. This guy is... Um, this is the guy who got, some people will say he got swallowed by a big fish. Other people will say he got swallowed by a whale. Um, either way, either way. It's got to be one of the, the top fears when swimming in the ocean, right? I don't want to be swallowed by anything, right? And it's a bad way to go. Because when you get to heaven, you're that guy. How'd you, how'd you get here? Whale? You are always going to be mocked and laughed at. Right? If that's the way you end up, I just I don't want to be that person. I just don't want to be that person. And so some people believe it. Some people I've I've heard many people, even Christians, they say, I don't I don't know if I fully believe that account in scripture. I happen to believe it. I just happen to believe that the Bible is true. I happen to believe that there is no reasonable or logical thought process that they went, let's put the whole like swallowed by a fish story in the Bible. I feel like that will convince people. That has done nothing to convince the world, right? We haven't gone, yeah, 100%, absolutely. If they said he got bitten by a spider, yeah, okay, possible. A whale? Mm, and survived? Maybe not, right? The thing is this, whether you believe it or whether you don't, um, I don't think the fish is all that big a deal. I don't actually think the fish is the part that we need to focus on. I don't think that should be our concern um, because Jonah is this... Um, Guy who, who was a God-fearing guy, really. He, he, he's a, he's a modern-day Christian in many respects. He acknowledges God. He's a, a God-fearing guy. He doesn't do what God asks him to do, but he is a, a guy who understands who God is. And God asks him something, and Jonah, like you when God asks, runs for the hills. Isn't that true? God calls and we block our ears, unless, of course, he says, Andrew, and I'm like, mm, yep, I've got money for you. Lord, I love you. I am so for you. I'm with you because it's something I want. Andrew, there's a car I want you to purchase. What, what was that? You were saying something. Andrew, I want you to go somewhere in the car. Oh, come on. There had to be a catch. As soon as God asks us something, for a, we, we, we run for the hills, don't we? We give our lives to Jesus and we go on a journey of discovery. Right? What can God do for me? How will He heal me? Uh, when actually will He heal me? That would be, that's something I need to know. How is one thing. Like, miracle, I'm fine with it. It's just the when. Like, you know, right now be good. Amen, Beck. Um, how much money will he give me? When will he give me the partner of my dreams? How big will he make my business? I don't want to hear any comments. <laughs> Nothing quite like sending your fiancé to kids' church for the night. Um, what, what's God going to do in... My marriage and my friendships and my relationship. Have you noticed how often it's me, it's my stuff? Because the truth of the matter is it really is all about us, isn't it? What can God do for us? 
That's how we live our lives. Those watching online, maybe it's about you. What will God do for you? And I just want to know whether it could be possible that um, it may not be about you. I know you've made it about you, but could it be possible that it's about everyone other than you? Is it possible that maybe you are not the star of the show? Maybe he is. Maybe you're not the main attraction. Maybe Jesus is. Maybe your will and your want and your desire come second to Jesus. I know this seems totally selfish, but could you imagine the what if? What if you, would, you were to wake up and realize that this is actually not about you? I think you'll like Jonah as we get into it. I think you're going to like it. I think you're going to like Jonah for this reason. Jonah really is just like you. And what I want to encourage you to do is every time you hear the word Jonah, just replace that with your name. And let's see how we track through Scripture. You're going to like it. It's quite a bit of fun. Amen? Page 669, if you've got a Bible. If you don't, you're welcome to have a chat to us. We will get you a Bible. We read from this Bible in the, the church for no other reason than we like people just to open the Word of God and to be on, with, uh, uh, on page with us. We want you to read and understand the Bible, and we're prepared to give you that Bible if that's what it takes. Um, so that page 669 may not be in your specific Bible, but it is in the church Bible. Amen? The Lord gave this message to... It's your name, remember? Now, I'll share with you about Jonah, because obviously I'm not going to put my name in there because I don't want to be attached to the story, but you are all welcome to dial in and have this as your story. The Lord gave this message to you. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. I like how Nineveh is not a God-fearing place. Go there, let them know that I'm coming. I'm coming to sort out a few things. But he calls them a great city. Now, some people have said, yeah, but it's a big city. Now, he still used the word great, though. He could have just said, go and tell all of them, the whole big bunch. But he calls them a great city. I want you to know that, that Rockingham may not be a God-fearing city, but it is a great city. Some of you would find out if you just got up and go. But you, Jonah, got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship and he was leaving by God calls and you go where? The opposite direction. He brought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish, running from the call. God calls you and what do you all do? You run. But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, in des uh, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods. That's when you know the storm is real, when everybody's praying to some god. I don't know who my god is, but I'm just going to pray to somebody right now because we're going to die. They prayed for help and they threw cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. Some people really are just oblivious. 
That's the note I made. Some people really are just oblivious. Some Christians are like, oh my gosh, it's just a lot going on. But I need my beauty sleep. You know what I mean? Like, the world is in trouble, but if I don't get my nine and a half hours, my gosh, I am so grumpy the next morning. I, like, I need double shot coffee. Some of you live in, a, in chaos, and all you want to do is get hold of your beauty sleep. So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this? He shouted. Get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. The crew cast lots. I like this. To see which one of them had offended the gods and caused the terrible storm. When they did this, the lots identified that Jonah was the culprit. So if we were to identify what's going on in the world, what is the cause of all the chaos around us? Maybe we cast lots and maybe it comes up as the link church. Who knows? Maybe we're causing some of this chaos. Amen? Why has this awful storm come down on us? They, did, uh, they demanded, who are you? What is your line of work? What are you up to, mate? What country are you from? What's your nationality? I need some information. You're a problem. You're a real problem. I need some info, some background story on you. Jonah answered, I'm a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. The sailors were terrified when they heard this, for he had already told them that he was running from the Lord. Oh, why uh, did you do it? They groaned. Why are you running from God? You running from God is causing me pain. You running from God is risking my life. You running from the God, the creator of the universe, after he asked you to do something, is endangering my future. Since the storm was getting worse, all the time they asked him, what should we do to stop the storm? Throw me into the sea, Jonah said, and it will become calm again. I know that uh, this terrible storm is all my fault. Sometimes you know that the storms in your life are your fault as well. Instead, the sailors rowed even harder to get the ship to land, but the stormy sea was too violent for them. They couldn't make it. Then they cried out to the, to the Lord, Jonah's God. Oh Lord, they pleaded, don't make us die for this man's sin. I want you to know that when you run from God, you're risking the lives of other people. You're risking the lives. You think, I'm, I, don't, I'm not, I don't do ships, so it's, it's a bit different for me. No, no, spiritually, you are wrecking somebody. And don't hold us responsible for his death. I'm going to throw this brother overboard. Lord, you sent the storm upon him for your own good reasons. Then the sailors picked Jonah up and threw him into the raging sea, and the storm stopped at once. You've got to love, the, you've got to love God. Imagine him. You've got him by the hands, by the legs. One, two, and God turns to the angel. He says, watch this. Watch this. As he hits that water, watch him. This is going to be good. Three, calm. Jonah's gone. Good. That'll teach him. Next time I speak, you listen. The sailors were awestruck. Wow. I love this. Not, oh my gosh, he's this. Try get him back. The sea is calm. Let's get that brother back on board. We can still save him. No, they were like, that's amazing. That dude's out the boat and immediately. What do they do? 
They offered him a, a, a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. They start serving God. That's awesome. Your death gets them to serve God. May we throw you overboard. Now the Lord had arranged a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. <coughs> Told you you'll like it. Excuse me, I'm dying. <clears throat> so God calls you to do things, and the first thing you do is run, but at least you've got some valid excuses, right? You've got some great excuses. That light isn't a great excuse. That light's going to go overboard. There's only so many weeks it can stay on here before it's going fishing. Anyone want a light? You've got good excuses in, in life, right? Like you do run from God, but at least your excuses are in your mind valid. I mean, your kids, it's hard having kids. People say, Andrew, when you have kids, then we'll talk. I'm talking now. I don't have kids. I'm not talking because I, I need kids. I'm talking because God asked me to talk. I don't need kids. The Word of God doesn't say that I have get any more wisdom when I have kids. For all the parents who have all this huge amounts of wisdom with all these kids, let me know what's going on. Not an excuse, though. Your kids are not an excuse. Your work, I mean, work's busy, right? Uh, money, you're running from God, but you blame money. Your family, there's a birthday party on. I hear things like that from time to time. I'd love to do what God's called me to do, but there's just there's a couple of birthdays on this month. Um, and and if, you, if you knew how busy my life was, what I'm fighting, what I'm going through, what, what's happening around me, um, I am going to get to what God's called me to do. It's just, I've just got to sort out a few things. I love to say that not all of you have used these excuses, but you have. I've heard it all. And actually, if I'm honest, um, I actually just call BS on all your excuses, actually, just so that we're... I don't even know how to say it nicely, but I don't have Joe in the room or Lizette, so it's like gloves off tonight, Right? <laughs> But your excuses, are, are, they mean nothing. Actually, if you want to trim it, here's what it is. You're living a life in rebellion. That's what it is. You're rebellious. You're rebelling against the call of God. God asked you to do something, and your answer involves a no and a middle finger because it doesn't suit you. You do things on your terms. And God needs to do things on your terms too. What's happening is the body of Christ is starting to change how this works. He's not our God anymore, is He? He's your God, like you feel like somehow you own Him. You tell Him and He needs to respond to you. And actually, you're just in rebellion. You're running from your responsibility as a child of God. I'm talking to the Christians in the room. You're not a Christian yet. You haven't given your life to Jesus. You can just lift, listen in for a moment and just nod at them. It's good. It's healthy. Let them know you agree. They're running from their responsibility. And the truth of the matter is uh, it's cowardly. You're being, you're being a coward as you run from the call of God. You are here because somebody prayed for you. You are here because somebody invited you, and there's somebody not here because you're being a coward with your excuses as to why you can't make an effort in their life. Simple as that, and it's rebellious. 
It's rebellion. And I am going to call it out. And those that are online, don't smile too hard. You're involved in this. See, I love that we get to stream, but I'm not afraid if that stream turns off. I'm not pandering to anyone. I'm not pandering to anything, and I'm definitely not pandering to the cameras. If anyone's got a problem with that, I'll just reimburse the church for the cameras and buy them and then turn them off. Then no one can tell me. But I'm not going to back out because it's rebellion. It's rebellion. And it's selfish. And it's self-centered. And what you're declaring is, I'm not making an effort outside of my world because it doesn't suit me. But my gosh, Pastor Anz, would you be there to pray for me if anything happens in my life? Where is the church when I need them? Where is the church when I'm going through a tough time? Where is the church when I'm doing it on my own? Where is the church when I needed friends? Where's the church when I need prayer? Where's the church when I need money? Where are you when you don't? Where are you when you don't need those things? Where are you when you finally life turns around? Where are you when God starts to answer? Where are you when God starts to speak? Where are you when God starts to heal you? Where are you? Where are you in the mix? We're always going, where's God? Where are you? We will do whatever it takes as long as He doesn't require it from us. I will do what I want, when I want, how I want, and to hell with Him. Unless I need Him, then I'm all in. Then I can make it to church. Then I can serve. Then I can be involved in people's lives. Only then when it suits me. Jonah knows the truth and runs because it's easy for us to run. It's easy. And I'd love to be able to just point the fingers here and say, you, 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 you. I don't know if I've ever shared this with you. I'll share for those of you who don't know. Um, I went to, I, I, when I gave my life to the Lord, I got hungry for God. I try to just lay down the Andrew that was and try to find out the Andrew that could be. That's all I wanted to know. People would say things like, God's got a plan. I want to know what the plan is. I'd pray at night. I'd sit up in my bed. I'd read the Bible. I wouldn't understand what's going on, right? I'd read this thing and think, I have no idea. Why is it purple? And what is a tabernacle anyway? This is not even language that I understand. Plus, the Bible I got given, even, even an ant would require glasses, reading glasses, to see the words. Like it, they, were, they were tiny. They found word and then found the smallest setting and then divided it by a thousand. Right? I would have to like, what is that? But I prayed. I prayed stupid prayers because I didn't even know any prayer. I'd just be like, God, you know, I want to know. I'm told you know everything. Speak up, bro. Let's go. And so I'm praying, and I'm praying, and I'm praying, and I'm praying. And one night, I just got to the end of myself. Everyone in the church seemed to know what they're called to. Everyone. You ask somebody, they're like, yeah, God's got a call in my life. And then worse than that, you ever met those people? They're like, yeah, like Second Timothy 4. So he didn't even just, he gave you scripture backing for it as well. Like He wouldn't even talk to me. You know, I'm just struggling with this, and, and I didn't have that. And so I just prayed one night. I just said, God, if you tell me what it is you want for my life, you have my word. I will do it all the days of my life. 
And, and God knows in his heart. He knows. We'll have a chat one day. But he knows what I meant was business. If you tell me what to do with my business, I'll do that all the days of my life. If you tell me how to be rich, I'll do that. If you tell me how to make money, you, you count me in. And I, I might even give some to the church. Even, I, like, I'll be good like that, but, but this is what I require. I never said business. I didn't. And he got me on a, on a technicality. I understand that. The Lord knew. He, I said, if you tell me what to do, and I went to sleep, and I woke up, bam. And I knew. I knew exactly what I had to do. And I ran. I ran. I went to church late. I sat in that chair. And after church, I ran out because I'd been told once before worship, once just, like, once just before, once just after worship. And I knew because I said, God, if you confirm it for me with three people that I don't like, I'll do it. The two I didn't like too much in the church, the two people who did tell me, but the, 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 when I knew he was going to do an altar call, in Jesus' name was my keyword. And when he went, amen, I was sitting there. My legs had pre-turned and were moving. He went, amen, and I took off down the aisle. And I went out because I knew he tricked me. I'll trick him back. And I ran out that side door and I ran right into this guy, the worst, most annoying person in the church. I ran straight into him. And he said, hang on. I just said, mate, I, I have to, I, I, am in, I have to go. And he grabbed me and he said, I, the whole way through worship, the whole way through the word, the Lord was speaking to me and I, I didn't respond to him. And it became so uncomfortable. I came and waited outside just so I could stop the noise. And I have to tell you that God says that he's spoken twice. This is the third time he's not speaking again. A deal's a deal. And from there, you just see the spiritual person come alive. I ran even after that moment. I disappeared. I didn't want to go to church. I hated everybody more. I didn't want to go near. Why? Because it's confronting when God asks you to do something. You don't feel able. You don't feel like you can. You're the wrong person. You don't know enough. You're not good enough. You don't have anything available to you. And I ran and ran. And my life only turned around when I decided I made a commitment. I'm going to finish what I started. Some of you, the Lord has spoken and you've made a commitment. He's not going to change the call. This is the good news. He's not going to change the call. And just because you ran and just because you're running, he's not going to take his hand off you either. Because God is faithful to his word. And if he called you to do it, you're not going to change the mix. If he called you to do it, he's going to get you to where he called you to be. So you can run, but next week you might arrive at church in a fish, right? He's not going to change the call, just saying. He's not going to change the structure of how he does it, and he's not going to violate his word. Not for you. He hasn't done it this far. He's not doing it for you. God is not going to walk away because you did. So you can keep running, but there will come a moment. I know this. God isn't limited by space or time. So while you're running, he's already where you're running to. You're going to run into him. He's not going to move. And he does this because people matter. People matter. Those kids, they matter. You kids matter too. And there's people outside of here that matter.
Galatians 2.20, page 846 says this, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Um, my question to you is, is, for the body of Christ who died to themselves, who professes to live for Jesus, no longer I, who live, but Christ, Galatians 2.20? When will you honor your word? When are you going to honor your side of it? When will you begin to live for the only person who died for you? When is it going to change? Somebody risked it and invited you to church. Somebody risked it and told you about Jesus. Somebody stepped out one time and they thought, how can I make a difference in your life? And if they had buckled to fear, you wouldn't be here. How grateful are you that they took the time? How grateful are you that they didn't quit? How grateful are you that maybe your parents decided to input into your life? How grateful are you that somebody started a church? How grateful are you that somebody prayed when you didn't even know prayer was a thing? How grateful are you? And now that he's done something in your life and you responded to him, when are you going to honor your side of the deal? When are you going to die to yourself and come alive to the purpose that God has for you? When is it going to change? Now, I know because if you're like me, you're sitting, you're thinking, perhaps you've been online, you're sitting, you're thinking to yourself, aha, but Andrew feels like he heard from the Lord. I haven't heard from the Lord. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to pray about it, right? I'm going to pray about it. And then when God speaks, then we'll have another conversation. That's what you're going to do. The thing that we've got a problem with, a lot of people, they hear from God but from everywhere other than the fact, other than the place where he's already written it down. Now, if I email you tomorrow and I say, hey guys, just letting you know, church is starting next week at four o'clock. Did I phone you? No. Did you hear from me? Yep. How, when did you hear from Andrew? I got, I, he, sent me, he sent me an email. And you consider that hearing from him? Yeah. Regards, Andrew. And we go, I'm praying about it. Why? Just read it. He wrote you a letter. It's called a Bible. It's called a Bible. Matthew says this, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Yuck. Baptizing. Oh. Oh. Well, he has told you. He has. He told you. I think he, yeah, he did. And then he said, oh, yeah, I'm with you all the way, even to the end. I'm with you. We're doing this together. You have been told. I'm going to pray about it. No, you don't need to pray about it. You need to read. Like Jonah, you're called to the city, and many of you are running, and you've shied away, and you've had fear and excuses, and Netflix got you and pride got you and your family got you and some of you, your friends got you, right? Some of you need to just change your friends, like swap, switch them out for a Bible, right? You've run from the call and you feel guilty. I know some of you are feeling guilty right now. 
Um, but really, I really feel like the Lord would be saying to you, get off the boat going to nowhere. Get off the boat going to nowhere and get back onto the path that he called you to be on. There's no greater thing than day one on the right track. Have you, ever, have you ever been like on a diet? You're like, Monday, I'm starting a diet. Man, I tell you, you start a diet on a Monday, everyone at work's got donuts for you. <laughs> and luckily, it's a Monday, right? So you're like, well, look, Tuesday, if I go hard, I'll just add Saturday. Because you were never going to add Saturday anyway. Because you had a birthday party. And so you, you, you just think, I'm going to go hard, and I'm just going to, I just won't eat. And, and before you know it, like Wednesday, Thursday comes, and you just realize, I think I actually live on only donuts. You look in the mirror and you think, yep, it's way more fat than it was before. You stand on the scale, one person at a time, please. This is a waste. Like, I'm just, it's not working for me. You just feel guilty. And you want to, you can live like that, but there comes a moment where you have to just say, look, I'm going to just start again, start again, start again, start again. There's something that happens when you don't quit. Something changes in you when you don't give up. Something happens when you just don't cast it aside and say, well, I've gone too far. Something happens when you get out of that situation and realize God has called me. I'm going for all that he has for me. Some of you need to rise up and get there. Amen? Now, here's the part that blew my mind. Verse 17, now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. I want you to know that whilst you've been running, God has been preparing the environment for you to have your comeback in. He is not confused that you ran. God is not disappointed that I ran from the call. It's part of my growth. It was part of my journey. It's part of my testimony that whilst I was running, God never changed. While I decided that God's plan wasn't good, God's plan was always great. And my life turned around when I realized that Andrew's plan was secondary compared to how amazing God's plan is. Some of you are running, thinking you're achieving something, and you're not. You're living in a world of chaos. There is a storm raging. And what are you doing? God, if you would just remove the storm, and God's going, they really just need to throw you overboard. You are the cause of the storm in your life. You are the cause of the problems in your life. Your running from God is what is causing chaos in your life. And you're blaming the enemy. The enemy's like, blame me all you like. We're on the same team, bro. I agree with God. Throw him overboard. Let him drown. I'm cool with that. But God sees you running. And he gets to a point where he says, enough is enough. And Jonah thinks, man, if I could die, these people saved. It's only me. And God's looking at a city. He's looking at a city that needs to be told. And you agreed, Jonah, to be that mouthpiece. You agreed to die and be used by me. You're going to finish because you're not actually in control. I am. God is in control of your life, whether you like it or not. He knows everything that's about to happen. And you're running and running and running from the call, and you think that by jumping overboard and quitting and giving up, you're going you're gonna to get to where God's called you to, you're not. 
You are right where you are supposed to be tonight. Those online, you are exactly where you need to be. God knows that this moment, when, when Jonah went overboard, the fish that he had prepared was already swimming in the direction of that boat. When Jonah hit the water, you only have to be in water for a little bit of time in a storm that big before you drown and die. That means Jonah hit the water and the fish took him to safety. I really pray that you would live your life and be more obedient to God than a fish was. Like, to get to heaven, and that fish is there, and that fish is like, man, I was more obedient than you. You are going to be, they are going to mock you. They're going to laugh at you. I'm going to laugh at you. Unless I'm with you. Then it won't be so funny. We fight the fish together. You're right where you're supposed to be. The environment you are in was built by the creator of the universe to get you to where you need to be. Stop fighting it. Those that are going to listen later, stop resisting coming to church. I bet you Jonah's in that whale. He's thinking, man, it's better right now where I am than, than out there. Sometimes where you are, what you're going through is preparation, not always for you, but for others. It's not all about you. There is a city that needs us. They need us to be sharp. They need us to be alert. They need us to be generous. They need us to be resilient. They need us to be Bible-believing people who have been discipled because you can't disciple somebody if you're not discipled yourself. The, the world, can you imagine if a thousand people walked in here who don't know Jesus? I don't know what your plans are, but your Netflix just canceled because I'm just going to give you 40 each and say, there you go, disciple them. If I gave you people and said, can you disciple them for me, please? Can you do it? Oh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't, you've got a Bible, I don't have a Bible. I gave you a Bible, yeah, but I've never read it. Why? Yeah, because I like Netflix. Why? Yeah, I, I can see the error of my ways. You want to be that person? Can you not realize that there is something about your life that matters? So much so that God is prepared to allow you to go through some of the most horrendous storms to get you to where you need to be. Your call, the call on your life is bigger than you. The call on our life is bigger than us. You have no idea how, how much I sit and think, I get scared if this church doubled in size. I don't know what your plans are, but I don't have one. Because I know what it will cost. This church doubles. Let me tell you, we need around $2.5 million for a building. Now, I don't know how much is in your bank account. I only know how much is in mine. I don't know what you're spending your money on, but I know I need clothing, right? Like, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know if you've got a plan. I don't have a plan. The trouble is God does. That scares me a lot. Because he called us to the city. And I know he laughs. I hear his voice a lot, but in moments like this, I know he's laughing. He's like, <laughs> check his idiot. Check how scared he is. Chuck him overboard. Do it. Just for the fun of it. Right? We need to be ready for what God is going to do. 
He's called you to a city, and you are running. And whilst you are running, they dying. Simple as that. Now, it'd be cool if you could go, yeah, but everyone else, you are rebelling. Now, I want to remind you that there was somebody else who rebelled. And he was cast from heaven so fast, it was like lightning. Like, it was so quick, they couldn't get a photo. Have you ever tried to take a photo of lightning? You only ever see it in calendars. None of us have ever got one. You're like, oh, missed it. God does it on purpose. There's lightning there. And as soon as you get your camera, he's like, just put one there. And then there. You know what I mean? That's how quick it happened. Like that, bam, he was gone. And we want to rebel? You sure? You sure it's worth the risk? Rebelling against God is worth the risk for you? So much so that you would override your fear of sharing the gospel with a friend, inviting somebody to church, texting someone who wasn't here. You're more frightened of that than rebelling against God? If yes, man, I really want to encourage you, take another Bible. Make sure you've got two, one in the kitchen and one I don't know where. Take one to the bathroom with you. That do something, but you'd want to read it because you don't want to. This is, not a, this is the God who can calm a storm like this and create a storm like this. I don't know what version you've got, picture of God you've got in your mind, but you better change it. You better change it. This is not a God to be played with. He is not a God to be played with. If you've made him some kind of cheap, idle, useless gay guy with a lamp, like if that's your version of Jesus, you've got it terribly, terribly wrong. Terribly wrong. He walks in this room now, I tell you now, you won't be as smart as what you think you are. Like, I'm a tough guy. I'll take anyone. I'll fight all of you. I want to fight all of you. No, I, I was just about to say sorry. I was just about to say, not him, because he can carry all the steel plates in one go. I, I can't challenge you. Everyone but you. Just let me finish my sentence. Like, I don't want to. Can you imagine? Like, we're tough until you stand in front of Jesus. I remember a pastor once, he said to me, can you imagine meeting the devil in a dark alley? How scared would you be? I was like, yeah, I'd be pretty scared. He goes, I'd be more scared if I found Jesus in that same alley. Jesus defeated him. Get it in perspective. You're not playing with a God who is rubbish. Amen? Three things. Maybe close your eyes. I want, I want you to think about this, and then we're going to pray. The people around, the people on the boat, they saw the power of God in Jonah's life even when Jonah ran. I want you to know that there's people in your life who see what God is doing even though you're running. God knows that you're running. He knows that you ran and He can still use you. So whatever the enemy is telling you right now, you better push that aside and you better focus on Jesus. Amen. God uses Jonah's life even when he sets sail in the wrong direction. I don't know what the enemy is telling you, but what I am saying is that 
God is able to use your, use your life even when you're heading in the wrong direction, even when it's a choice. But He is calling you back. And if I were you, I'd respond very quickly. I wouldn't carry it on down that path. God could see the people who were going to be saved when Jonah turned things around. When you say yes to Jesus, you're saying yes to many, many people giving their life to Jesus. Your yes is not one yes. Your yes is many yeses. As you sit there, I want to give you a picture of something the Lord showed me many, many years ago. In prayer, I felt the Lord show me an acorn and asked me what I see. And I just assumed he was struggling. And I told him it was an acorn. How I regret answering that question. God showed me the the limitation of my thinking is that all I could see was one where he could see a forest. You look in the mirror and all you see is you. Right now you sit here and all you see is your yes. You say yes to Jesus. Your yes gives birth to forest. An unlimited amount of people that could come to know Jesus when you get serious about him. What do you see right now? What do you see about your life? What are you seeing about your marriage? What do you see when you look at your kids? What do you see about the church? What can you see right now that's so small, so insignificant that in in your running, you are limiting what God is able to do? He's calling you. He's calling you. He's calling you. Don't worry about the person next to you. He's inviting you to be part of what he's going to do in the city. And I wonder whether anyone in this room would be brave enough to say, I am right where I need to be. As ugly as the situation seems, and I'm ready to be used by God, I'm ready to begin to listen. The week ahead, in the weeks ahead, you're going to see what happens when somebody says yes. But your situation right now is exactly where you need to be. Don't let the enemy lie to you. So, Father, we run. We hide. And we feel so unworthy to be used by you because we know who we are. 
We know what we're about. We know how our limitations, we know our shortcomings, our failings. We can hide it amongst one another, but we can't hide it to you. You see us. You see every area of our life. So in our running, we feel like we're somehow escaping failure. But we're not. We're being obedient. And we want to be obedient. We want to be obedient. We want to be remembered as a generation who said yes in obedience. Yes, when we didn't know how. Yes, when we didn't have money. Yes, when we didn't know enough. Yes, when we felt like, why me? Yes, when there could be anyone other than me who pulled this off right now. Uh, yes, 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 amen. If it's in your word, it's a yes and amen. If it's for my life, it's a yes and amen. I want more. I want all you have for me. I just want all in. Would you be in this room and, and be willing to say I'm all in? I'm sitting on this because I just feel like God is, God is calling us to be all in now. Don't say yes to me. Don't say yes because you think I want something from you. Don't say yes because somehow somebody around you is going to look impressed, feel like somehow they can high five. No, say yes to Jesus. Say yes because you know it's the right thing to do. Say yes because you know that a life in rebellion is no life at all. A life in rebellion has no future at all. Say yes. Say yes for your family. Say yes for your marriage. Say yes for your workplace. Say yes in spite of all the no's and the red lights and the triggers and the red flags and the, oh my gosh, how am I supposed to? If only he knew. My, and I've still got to get through four seasons on Netflix. All of that, just throw it aside and say, God, I'm just saying yes to you right now. You're online. It's time to say yes. When you say yes, the weeks that are coming, are going to change your life. Let's say yes. Once and for all, say yes. Thanks for being with us. We hope this message leaves you stirred to a place of action. If you made a decision to receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, need more resources or want to take your next step, linkthechurch.org has everything you need. Until next time, from everyone at The Link Church, God bless.